1: Three eight one one. Now, for days and days and days, I've been insisting that Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan reveal the names of individuals in the Senate and the House who are known predators. When you actually have the United States Senate vote on a resolution compelling its members to participate in mandatory anti-sexual harassment training, you have a problem in an institution of 100 people. I understand their staff and so forth. I'm talking about the elected officials. I said the same thing with respect to Paul Ryan and the House of Representatives. You had two members of Congress, one with specific experience, Jackie Spears, Democrat from California, saying that she happens to know of two Specific members of the House, one Democrat, one Republican, who are known predators, who are involved in sexual harassment or have been. We read about something called a creep list that goes around some 50 people on Capitol Hill who are known harassers or predators. There was a petition signed by over 1,500 former members of Congress, former staffers, former interns and so forth. Insisting that something be done in the United States Congress. Now this is particularly so given given the attention that these members of Congress have paid to Alabama. Alabama will pay attention to Alabama. The Alabama Republican Party, not Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, will determine what to do in Alabama. They'll make a decision some people will like, some people won't like. The voters will make a decision some people outside Alabama will like, some people outside Alabama will not like. It's up to Alabama. It's up to those folks. Not CNN, not MSNBC, not anybody else. And yet Congress is the responsibility of those who run the place. Mitch McConnell is in control of the Senate for all intents and purposes. The Speaker, Paul Ryan, is in control of the House for all intents and purposes. And both places are apparently out of control. The CNN story I wrote read to you uh, last evening said that it, the problem of uh, sexual harassment is, quote, pervasive, unquote. Jackie Spears said it's a breeding ground, breeding, quote, unquote, ground. So we're not talking about this case or that case. We're talking about many cases. I've also said that we need to know the identity of these people. Who are the harassers? Who are the predators? We have a right to know. They may be our representatives. They may be among our senators. We have a right to know. They work for us. We pay their salaries, their pensions, and their health care benefits. Now, the Right Scoop, Mark Levin calls a Mitch McConnell Paul Ryan to resign over sexual harassment. Washington Times, Mark Levin blasts Code of Silence protecting sexual predators in Congress. Hot Air, Mark Levin, GOP leaders must resign over sexual harassment. Same with Conservative Review and over and over and over again. And now we have today's revelation. Today's revelation involving a United States Senator. Al Franken. Upon learning of this, I immediately posted a Facebook and Twitter statement. And I said, is Mitch McConnell going to move to expel Al Franken from the United States Senate? Corey Gardner, who is a surrogate, a lapdog for Mitch McConnell... He, the other day, was saying that if Roy Moore is elected to the United States Senate, he should be expelled the moment he puts his foot on the Senate floor, essentially. Okay, that's the standard. That's the standard. It was set forth by Mitch McConnell's surrogate, Cory Gardner. Got it. That's the standard. Okay? Surely it can't just be a standard for a Republican. That's got to be a standard across the board, right? So, charges are now made against Al Franken by Leanne Tweeden. I don't know her well. I've met her a couple of times, I believe, at a Freedom concert once or twice. I don't remember where exactly. Very, very nice lady. I do remember that. Very proper person. And... um, uh, She has made an allegation. You've probably heard it all over radio and TV. She's done a number of interviews and she did a press conference. But in order to explain the broader picture, in order to explain where we should be headed with this, it is necessary to hear some of what she has to say about Al Franken and then what Mitch McConnell and the Republicans and the Democrats want to do about it. And by the way, it's not expulsion. Even though there's an actual photograph, there is firsthand, authenticated evidence of Al Franken putting both of his hands on her breasts while she's sleeping, returning from a uh, from an event honoring our military. Here's what she had to say about it all. Cut one, go.
2: He's like, well, we need to practice the kissing scene. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. And I just sort of blew him off because I didn't, like, we don't need to practice the kissing scene. It's just a quick little thing, you know. And then he persisted, and he's like, no, we really need to practice the kissing scene. And, okay, Al, you just turn your head right, I'll turn my head right. We got this, you know, whatever. And he kept persisting, and I'm like, Al, this isn't SNL. We're not really going to kiss, so we don't really have to practice. And he just kept persisting, and it just reminded me of, like, the Harvey Weinstein tape that you heard the girl when she was wired up for the New York, um, the NYPD, and he's just persistent and badgering and just relentless, you know? And so I was just like, okay, fine, just so he would shut up, you know? And he just sort of came at me, and we did the line, and he came at me, and before you even know it, I mean, you kind of get close, and he just put his hand on the back of my head, and... He mashed his face against I mean, it happened so fast, and he just mashed his, his lips against my face, and he stuck his tongue in my mouth so fast, and all I can remember is that his lips were really wet, and it was slimy. In, in my mind, I called him fish lips the rest of the trip, because that's just what it reminded me of. I don't know why. And He stuck his tongue down my, my mouth, and I remember I pushed him off with my hands. I just remember I almost punched him. So because every time I see him now, like my hands clench the fists, and I'm sure that's probably why. And I said, if you ever do that to me again, I'm not going to be so nice about it the second time. And I just walked out away from him, and I and I walked out, and I just wanted to find a bathroom, and I just wanted to rinse my mouth out because I was just disgusted.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Now she is a uh, news anchor on the morning show on KBC Radio. And I believe we all find this to be repulsive. And Al Franken says, as I will get to later, he doesn't remember it this way. But he doesn't deny knowing her because that would be an impossibility. Many people saw them together as they did these, uh, these various military events. And there's another problem for Al Franken. Cut to go.
2: So I'm sleeping up against the side of the plane. Um, and in the photo, if you see the photo, beside me is Mark Wills, the country singer. He's also asleep. Um, so I'm sleeping, which anybody that knows me, I sleep anywhere, anytime. So I'm asleep. Uh, and um, there are photographers on the trip, and I'm pretty sure it was probably the photographer of the tour that took the picture. But they give you CDs as you leave that have, you know, behind-the-scenes photos of you on the entire tour that they give you when you leave. And uh, I get this, and I open it up when I get home. Um, I probably opened it the next day. And it was a photo of Al doing his, you know, this on my breast, like, looking at the camera, just kind of smirking and smiling, like, hey, look at me. And I took that as the, you know, the final, like, <laughs> like, I got the last laugh, Um you know, I mean, he knew I wouldn't see it until until I got home and you know I was away from everybody else and and uh, you know like I said the the to know it in the context of the entire trip and wh- what happened in the entire two weeks um, is is telling to me and and just the the fact that. Um, He just thought he could get away with it, and that it was okay, and that it was funny. Mm -hmm.
1: And it it goes on for a bit. Now, Roy Moore vehemently denies all the allegations made against him. There's at least one piece of evidence, as they write in Legal Insurrection, an alleged handwritten note by Moore in a yearbook, and he disputes that that's his handwriting and it is pending a forensic examination if Gloria Allred will allow that yearbook to be uh, independently reviewed in the case of Al Franken there is actual photographic evidence of assault that's assault Now, I'm not making parallels in terms of morality. I'm not making parallels of that sort. But here's a parallel I will make. Mitch McConnell insisted that if the people of Alabama decide on what's been presented to them by the media, what's been said by the various women, what's been said by Roy Moore, and so forth... That if the people of Alabama nonetheless decide to elect Roy Moore to the Senate, and I don't know that they will, but let's say, if they decide to do it, that Roy Moore is to be expelled from the Senate. Al Franken, in a photograph, is seen assaulting a woman. I hear the left with their conspiracy theories that this was photoshopped. I hear the left saying it's not clear that he's actually touching. She says he touched and it sure looks like that to me. I'm looking at a photograph now. This isn't even a recollection. This is actual physical evidence. Physical evidence. Why isn't Al Franken being expelled from the United States Senate? If that's the standard that Mitch McConnell, and Cory Gardner, and quite frankly, all the other senators, for the most part, who have raised their voices—if that's the standard—remember we were told, forget about due process, forget about that. When the evidence is overwhelming, the evidence is overwhelming. Okay, the evidence is overwhelming that he assaulted her when she was asleep in a plane. Is it not, Mister Producer? Could you could you perceive a? Better evidence than that photograph? I couldn't. Then I would ask, does she sound credible? We're not talking about decades ago. We're talking about maybe a decade ago, a little less. No, actually, what was it, 2006? A little more. But the photograph itself, she's sleeping. And so I ask you, My fellow citizens, I ask you, the American people. Why the double standard from Mitch McConnell? Why the double standard from the United States Senate? The code of secrecy, how they protect each other while pretending they're going to go through really important anti-sexual harassment training. When they won't even reveal the names of the predators among them. And they know, in many cases, who they actually are. And it's been going on for a long period of time, according to... Miss Spears and Ms. Gillibrand. Been going on for some time. And today we have Republican leaders. We have a Republican leader in the Senate who is spending more time in the race in Alabama than he is as the Republican leader repealing Obamacare, securing the border, balancing the budget, addressing the debt, funding the military and all the rest. Because this is about his power. And yet, And yet, despite the photographic evidence, that same Republican leader, Mitch McConnell, says, Well, you know what? I I think we're going to send this over to the Ethics Committee. Send it over to the Ethics Committee, where so much dies. And the code of silence goes on. I predict there will be more. Just a matter of time. And you know why I predict that? Not because I'm Nostradamus because these senators told us that because these house members told us that they said it's a breeding ground the CNN said it's pervasive well then there must be more than just Al Franken and I want to know why he's not being expelled based on the McConnell standard why isn't he being expelled I'll be right back Mark Lobin. A story about a sexual predator. She has evidence. The photograph that is evidence. That is hard and fast evidence. Unequivocal. And he's not just a sexual predator. The photograph is a photograph of assault. Of sexual assault. She's sleeping and he's grabbing her breasts. I'm sorry if you have young kids listening, but I have to explain this. I'm not going to get tawdry and I never do and I never will. But That's as far as I'll explain it, but that's what it shows. That's what it shows. And he's smiling. And the best the Senate can do is say, we're going to send this to the ethics committee. May I ask you a question? Are the members of the ethics committee that's evenly split among Democrats and Republicans and the lawyers over there, are they going to have trouble discerning what that photograph shows? Why is this going to the ethics committee? The photograph is a fact. It's not in dispute. His face is a fact. It's not in dispute. The placement of his hands, that's a fact. They're not in dispute. This isn't he said, she said. This is he did. In color. So my question to you, ladies and gentlemen, is this. They're sending it to the ethics committee. Why would they send it to the ethics committee? An allegation was made... The proof is there, an apology was made, and he needs to be shown the door. Al Franken should be expelled, and Mitch McConnell, he should still resign. I'll be right back.
0: Mark Levin, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811.
1: Look, I said it the other day, and I want to be clear about something. All allegations aren't legitimate. All allegations aren't true. There are people who have been accused of sexual harassment and never did a thing. It's a difficult thing to prove. It's a difficult thing to disprove. Except, in this specific case, it is not. Because there's photographic evidence of sexual assault. When you touch a woman's breasts without her approval, like when she's sleeping and she's wants nothing to do with you, as she has explained herself all throughout the day and uh, at the event that she spoke about, well, at the USO, well. And look, I want you to hear the uh, the statements in part that Al Franken put out. I respect women. I don't respect men who don't. And the fact that my own actions have given people a good reason to doubt that makes me feel ashamed. So he's not denying his own actions now, is he? It's kind of hard when you have a photograph in that particular instance. Franken first issued an apology, writes the LA Times to Tweedon, in which he said that the photo was clearly intended to be funny, but wasn't. I shouldn't have done it. It was clearly intended to be funny. To whom? I'm asking that an ethics investigation be undertaken, and I will gladly cooperate. So here we have the fallback position for senators. McConnell says there should be an ethics investigation. Schumer says Gillibrand agrees there ought to be an ethics investigation. They all agree, and then he agrees that there ought to be an ethics investigation of himself. Now, to determine, I guess, certain aspects of what Ms. Tweeden had to say, but to determine the authenticity of the photograph? Is that in doubt? Is it in doubt? And Elizabeth Warren spoke up. A close colleague of Frank's called his behavior unacceptable, deeply disappointing. Really? Unacceptable? Deeply disappointing? Is that the best she can do? Unacceptable and deeply disappointing. Like Susan Collins. This is her her Twitter post. Sexual harassment and assault have no place in any workplace. The reports involving Senator Franken are disturbing. His belated apology was certainly warranted. Excuse me? That's the best you can come forward with? We've been hearing about expulsions and on and on and on and, and a mandatory anti-sexual harassment uh, training and this is the best Susan Collins can come up with? Uh, his belated apology was certainly warranted? It's warranted? Really? And then there's Elizabeth Warren, as I just pointed out. Elizabeth Warren, who ironically sits in Ted Kennedy's Senate seat, his old Senate seat. The sleaziest woman abuser probably to ever serve in the United States Senate. Not to mention Chappaquiddick. The lion of the Senate. The lion of the Senate. It'll never be the same, Obama. McCain, Kerry, praising him, on and on and on. Here's Elizabeth Warren. Women who come forward are brave and deserve to be respected. We're not going to fix the problems of sexual harassment and assault until men take responsibility for their actions and change their behavior. Aren't those of us, aren't you, who don't do these things, aren't you sick and tired of being lectured? What is Elizabeth Warren going to do about this? Has she called on her dear friend, left-wing kook and colleague, to be expelled from the United States Senate? Of course not. Did she ever condemn Ted Kennedy, whose Senate seat she now serves in? Of course not. And they had a very, very high tolerance level for Bill Clinton's sexual abuses and assaults. Now they're reconsidering it. Not really. They're going to throw this to the ethics committee, ladies and gentlemen. The ethics committee. This is why McConnell has to go. For so many reasons, he's just a complete fraud. And so basically, it continues. The code of silence on Capitol Hill. It continues. Al Franken on the floor of the Senate in 2010... Just seven years ago, calling Tweeden beautiful co-host, cut five, go.
3: During the show, I, would, I was kind of a co-host with a, a beautiful
1: um, woman named um, Leanne Tweeden. Now, let me stop there. This is going around, this was dug up, to provide evidence that, well, Al Franken must be a predator. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This is evidence of nothing. Zero. He called her a beautiful woman. Well, look at her picture. She is a beautiful woman. That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. But her allegations backed up by a photograph where he sexually assaulted her while she was asleep. Now that means something. And he doesn't deny that that photograph is legitimate, does he? And I'm sure Gloria Allred would agree with me. Where is Gloria Allred today? She's nowhere. But it's all very disappointing, as Senator Warren puts it. Joy Behar, the nutjob left-wing kook on The View, as so many are, she's very disappointed in her dear friend Al Franken, too. Cut six, go.
4: This is disappointing to hear this about Al Franken. Yeah. I cannot back. You know, he's a he's a very funny comedian. Yeah. He was uh, during this time. Yeah, uh, he's a senator from Minnesota. He's a great um, advocate for women and other. You know, oh, be the lion. I, I mean, it's just so
1: disappointing. Disappointing. Such a passive word, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? Disappointing. Now, I'll tell you this. Again, if you're accused of sexual harassment, whether you're male or female, you're accused of sexual harassment and you're innocent. You should fight it. You should fight back. You should fight it. Does it sound like he's fighting it? No, he's not fighting it. He's caught red-handed. He's accused of being a predator, and he is a predator, or at least was. He also happens to be a United States senator, where they're all disappointed in him. And they're going to have an ethics committee investigation to investigate these allegations, even though he hasn't denied them. Just not exactly as he remembers them. But of course, the photograph, which I keep mentioning, is not in dispute, and he doesn't dispute it. Very disappointing. Aren't you disappointed? And now, according to other publications, another woman has come for it. In the media equalizer, and this is from heavy.com, Melanie Morgan, who I know quite well. Melanie Morgan was a broadcaster at KSFO. Her husband was the program director there. She's a wonderful, wonderful lady. A second woman has come forward with allegations of harassment against Senator Al Franken. Melanie Morgan, who is co-founder of Media Equalizer, said Franken harassed her after she appeared on an episode of The Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher in 2000. And then they listed, number one, Melanie Morgan was an ABC radio talk show host when the alleged incident happened in 2000. She was working as a radio talk show host for KSFO in San Francisco, when she appeared as a guest on Bill Maher's Politically Incorrect show, according to Media Equalizer, which broke the story today. She appeared with then-comedian and writer Al Franken, actor Bill Baldwin, and then-Lieutenant Governor Joe Rogers. An argument erupted over some budget numbers. She said, I made a statement about the budget numbers. Franken challenged me. I challenged him back. It was about spending priorities. Actually, just a mundane discussion. But he obsessed over it. Melanie Morgan said Al Franken argued with her after the show and then continued his harassment, even calling her at home. He approached me backstage, angrily called me out on those numbers, insisted he would prove he was right, he wouldn't leave me alone, he kept following me. As a woman, his presence and proximity to me felt very threatening and intimidating. I didn't realize his creepy behavior after the show meant it would continue in the days to come. He approached Carol, the show's producer, and demanded my home phone number, which was a clear violation of network protocol, I thought that was the end of the story and was shocked when he started calling my home, badgering me repeatedly. I became fearful and called Carol to complain and asked her to tell him to back off, but he made another call after that. I thought he might end up up stalking me at my home in Northern California. It was that bad. By the third phone call, I was outraged and terrified, as he is really disturbed, she recounted. Melanie Morgan said the harassment finally stopped after she threatened to call the police. She said she would be willing to testify about Franken's alleged behavior. And it goes on. So, then we have this from Mitch Look! Look what I have to deal with here every day. It's just incredible, is it not? I'm going to tell you what the House did today and, you know, the uh, the Iranians are becoming far more aggressive. War in the Middle East and the region is, is a a serious possibility. The Chinese are on the move in the South China Sea. There's so many other things going on and yet here we are. McConnell Ethics Committee should review Franken allegations. Our man, Mitch McConnell, this is the Hill newspaper, he's calling on the Senate Ethics Committee to review allegations that Franken kissed and groped a woman without her consent in 2006. Kissed and groped a woman. Now that photograph shows assault. If you grope a woman who's asleep without her consent, that's assault. McConnell said in a statement... As with all credible allegations of sexual harassment or assault, I believe the Ethics Committee should review the matter. I hope the Democratic leader will join me on this. Regardless of party, harassment and assault are completely unacceptable in the workplace or anywhere else. Now, you'd think this guy is, is an observer to what's going on. He's an observer to the scene, right? He's the leader of the United States Senate. Alright, we'll just give it to the ethics committee over here. I want bipartisan support. Now we have more bipartisan support in this body going on here than we've ever had before. Bipartisan send that to the ethics committee. Did he say that with respect to Roy Moore? No. Expel him. Don't let the people of Alabama decide. I will decide. And if he gets to the Senate, Cory Gardner, McConnell's lapdog says, Expel them, the surrogates, the pseudo conservatives. You don't get due process here. This is politics. You know, it's overwhelming evidence, but blah, blah. Fine, that's the standard. Then expel Franken. He's a predator. The evidence is unequivocal, at least the photographic evidence. Now expel him. That's the standard. Got it. We're in. Expel him. Ethics Committee here, we'll send it to the Ethics Committee. And so impotent is the Ethics Committee that Franken himself has said he wants to send himself to the Ethics Committee. McConnell's push for the Ethics Committee to review the allegation against Franken comes after he warned Alabama Senate candidate Roy Moore, this is from The Hill, a Republican, that he would face an ethics probe, he wins next month's special election over allegations of sexual misconduct towards teenager. No, he didn't. He said he should be expelled. All right. I'll be right back. Mark Lubin? You know, my fellow patriots, you've heard me talk about AMAC the Association of Mature American Citizens, and their conservative effort on the Hill. But did you know that AMAC is also your resource for all things Medicare? Now that the Medicare annual election period is here, it's the perfect time to visit AMAC's website at www.amac.us. If you're searching for a Medicare plan that meets your needs, AMAC's Senior Resources Network is a good place to start. With access to multiple A-rated insurance companies, AMAC is able to deliver choices. More than that, AMAC has knowledgeable, licensed agents who will take the time to answer all your questions, explain your options, and help you choose a plan that suits your individual needs. Personalized Medicare guidance from licensed, certified professionals, plus the ability to choose what's right for you, another reason why AMAC is better for you. Don't wait. The Medicare annual election period runs through only September 7. Speak to a trusted, licensed AMAC agent to discuss your needs. Learn more at www.amac.us. That's www.amac.us. You think I like talking about this stuff? I can't stand talking about this stuff. My mind's in the history and philosophy and economics and liberty and and to have fun on this program and substance and entertain and so forth, this isn't entertaining, this is grotesque. And yet, and yet, we gotta deal with it. Let me ask you folks a question. The Washington Post went all the way down to Alabama, sent reporters, put the resources going down to Alabama, many of the major News outlets are down there now, CNN, I don't know, you can name them, New York Times, Network, so forth. What have I kept saying? Down the street is Capitol Hill. Down the street from the Washington Post. The Washington Post is the Washington, D.C. local newspaper. CNN has a major, major studio news operation, which is even closer to Capitol Hill. Maybe a mile. Maybe half a mile. And the others do too. What have I kept saying? Why don't you go to the Capitol and get the names of the predators? But they didn't get the names of the predators. In fact, in the CNN story, they said they had some names, but they couldn't verify them, so they weren't going to reveal them. You know, that's fair. Except they don't do that in every case, do they? No, they don't. Al Franken was outed by uh, this Leanne Tweetum. He was outed. The photograph doesn't lie. He doesn't deny it. He has assigned himself to the Ethics Committee. The Ethics Committee. Let me ask you a question you men out there who aren't members of Congress. If there was a photograph of you grabbing a woman's breasts when she's asleep on an airplane and she reveals that photograph, do you think they'd refer you to some ethics committee? No, they wouldn't. Now, I don't know if the statute of limitations is run. I guess it depends on the state and so forth. But let's say it hasn't run. Would they refer it to an ethics committee? No, they wouldn't refer it to an ethics committee. They refer it to the cops or to local prosecutors. We're very disappointed in Al Franken. Joy Behar. Very disappointed. Elizabeth Warren, very disappointed in Al Franken. The Democrats are very, very disappointed. The Republicans, they're disappointed too. Has a single Republican called for the expulsion of Al Franken? Has Cory Gardner of Colorado, who called for the expulsion of Roy Moore, hasn't even been elected yet. Has he called for the expulsion of an elected senator with photographic evidence? Not. I haven't heard from Cory Gardner today. Have you, ladies and gentlemen? I'm just pointing it out. Not passing judgment on guilt or innocence. I'm just analyzing the evidence. I'll be right back.
0: He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hi, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877
1: 381 877 381 You know, as one friend wrote me, there's a difference, you know, about goofing around, you know, banter, that sort of thing, and grabbing somebody's breasts. There are allegations that are made against men, and by the way, against women, too, that are dishonest, that are flat-out lies. For all kinds of reasons, all kinds of motivations. And so I try not to jump to conclusions, but ladies and gentlemen, when you have a picture of a guy with his hands on somebody's breasts and they're sleeping, that's not goofing around, that's more than goofing around. And he apologizes for it. Okay. So I just wanted to point that out. I'm not one of these people who thinks that every allegation is true and off with their heads. There needs to be processes for evaluating these things. But what I'm trying to point out is that Mitch McConnell didn't believe that yesterday. Cory Gardner didn't believe that yesterday. They believed in expulsion. Even before election, they believed in expulsion. They do not want the people of Alabama to make their own decision. People of Alabama will make their decision. The people of Alabama are intelligent. People of the state will decide who their representatives are going to be. And they'll be elected or they won't be elected. And then the Senate will take a look at a situation if it feels that it violates their rules or ethics or what have you. But what I'm saying here is, in the case of Al Franken... What are you supposed to conclude with a photo like that? Now, there was an interesting interview today, believe it or not, on CNN, believe it or not, by Wolf Blitzer, believe it or not, with Gloria Allred. Cut 14, go. Go.
3: Can you say flatly to our viewers right now, Gloria, that uh, the signature, what he wrote in that yearbook in 1977, according to her, can you say flatly that was not a forgery?
1: Now stop. They're talking about the signature or the the the, the sentence or comments that were written in the yearbook, uh, allegedly by Roy Moore. You'll remember that was brought up at that press conference the other day with a, uh, Gloria Allred and her client. And some people have been looking at that writing and looking at the signatures and saying, "Uh, it doesn't look exactly the same, really, and Roy Moore denies it's his writing. And the purpose of Allred bringing that up is to show that, in fact, Roy Moore knew who she was and that he was flirtatious. Here's Gloria Allred's response. Go ahead.
4: What I'm saying is we will permit an independent examiner of the uh, writing to look at exemplars of former judge uh, twice removed from the Alabama Supreme Court judge on account of ethical uh, violations. No, he
1: was removed. had nothing to do with sexual ethical issues. But go ahead.
4: To the ethics uh, committee in that state. Uh, we will allow all of this to be asked and answered at the hearing.
1: Stop, at the hearing. So what she's saying is we're not going to release this, this uh, annual, this uh, yearbook. We're not going to allow even for a writing expert to look at it until there's a congressional hearing. What does a congressional hearing have to do with this? So she wants Congress to serve as judge and jury in a matter like this? Why doesn't she just allow the yearbook to be analyzed by writing experts and get conclusions? She introduced it in the public arena. She introduced this annual, this yearbook, And why not just do that if you're so certain? I would. I'd say, okay, yeah, fine. What's the problem? No, no, we have to have a hearing first in Congress. That sounds like a duck to me. Does it sound like a duck to you, Mr. Producer? It also sounds like slow walking this. Again, it may well be his writing. I have no idea, but I get suspicious when somebody talks like this. She has a lot of bravado. She brought out this uh, yearbook. She alleged it was his writing. Fine. Fine. And now when it comes to actually testing the writing, she's got conditions. Go ahead. It's not a flat denial, Gloria.
4: Well, it, 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 all I'm saying is we're not denying, we're not admitting, we're not addressing, we will not be distracted, uh, and we will pursue a just result for our client.
1: Isn't that odd? We're not denying, we're not admitting, we're not addressing? I don't get it, because at the press conference, that yearbook was presented as evidence of something. But it certainly was presented as evidence of his handwriting. She says, we're not denying, we're not admitting. No, you should be saying, that's his handwriting. We stand by it. And yes, fine, we'll have writing experts look at it. Have an independent writing expert look at it. fact, CNN, you can pick the handwriting expert. She doesn't say that. Just pointing it out, because if I don't, nobody else will. Everybody is scared to death of even being an honest, you know, broker. Of even, of even having an honest look at this. Yep. All right, let's move on to a few other things. <clears throat> so the House of Representatives just approved a quote-unquote tax reform bill. A tax reform bill, 227 to 205. Thirteen Republicans are among those who voted against it. But it's a pretty big win, quote-unquote, uh, for the House leadership and for the administration. And the President of the United States and the Vice President of the United States went to Capitol Hill and gave a talk to the Republican members. And as I understand it, they were very, very well-received. The President of the United States was very, very well-received. My problem is, not with the corporate side of this, I'm all in favor of reducing the corporate tax rate from 35 to 20%. I think it's insane to have among the highest corporate income tax rate in the world, if not the highest. It kills our jobs. It kills competition. It's a weight around the neck of our businesses that are trying to compete. Why? Because the government wants more and more money. So that's just stupid. I also think it's wise to bring several trillions of dollars back into this country to stop the double taxation. No other industrialized country in the world double taxes, and and, and and we do. And so they park their money overseas as they should because they have employees, they have stockholders. Many of you are stockholders. You don't even know it in your pension plans that invest in mutual funds and so forth. Why in the hell would you bring your money back to the United States if it's taxed in Europe and then taxed again in the United States? The British don't do that. The French don't do that. The Germans don't do that. Nobody else does that. So it's smart to repatriate the money. That's what it's called. But on the individual side, that's the corporate taxes, but on the individual federal income tax side of the ledger, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. They should have just cut the rates across the board, even modest rate cuts across the board. Just cut them across the board. Now we're going to have a new... Extra rate for millionaires, yeah, gonna get them, get them, get them, get them, get the bourgeoisie, get the bourgeoisie, let's get our, uh, let's get the forks, let's go get them. Um, is that what you want from your Republicans? Your employer to be taxed so heavily that he or she can't expand, that he or she can't pay bonuses, that he or she has to lay people off? It's ridiculous. Business equipment on the corporate side, business equipment expenditures would be able to be taken all at once under the House plan rather than amortized. Now, for the individual side, items among the plans, this is according to uh, Fortune magazine, items among the plans highlights include reducing the tax brackets from 7 to 4, raising the lowest rate from 10 to 12 percent, the standard deduction would also double. Personal exemptions would be eliminated. In addition, many popular deductions would be eliminated, including those for medical expenses, mortgage interest, and state and local income taxes. On the business side, state and local taxes would still be deductible. Now think about that. According to this article, on the business side, state and local taxes are still deductible. On the individual side, when you fill out your tax return, State and local income taxes would not be deductible. What's that all about? Is that the stupidest thing in the world? So now it goes to the Senate, the second stupidest body in the world. So uh, we'll see what they're up to. My own view is slash the corporate rates and leave the rest of us alone because these people are screw-ups. They're screw-ups. That's what they are. Well, but it passed, and uh, we'll see what, uh, we'll see what the, uh, the Senate does with it. I don't trust those guys. I really don't. I'll be right back. There's really no good time doing a show to integrate this issue into what I've been discussing. So I'll just address it. And I just read this not too long ago. There was an op-ed in the New York Times today by a fellow by the name of Brett Stevens. You should go back and look at a number of his articles. Also when he wrote at the Wall Street Journal. He's a very nasty human being. He writes very, very viciously. And he's a character assassin. That's what he is. He's a character assassin. And many people who've worked with him, particularly one or two, who've talked to me, tell me he's a very nasty guy. And here's the headline. Steve Bannon is bad for Jews. Now, you can say a lot of things about Steve Bannon, but that's not one of them. And so what he does in a very uh, evil and slick-like fashion this Brett Stevens in this piece, is throw names around, titles around, cherry picks history in order to characterize name. Bannon is very pro-Israel. He's pro-Jew. I haven't talked to him in a long time, but I know this for a fact. But in addition, this Brett Stevens trashes an organization called the Zionist Organization of America, headed by a very decent man, Mark Klein. And he trashes that organization for giving an award to Bennett. Now, this gutless wonder, this coward, Brett Stevens, would never write an article titled, Barack Obama is bad for for the Jews. And the New York Times would never write an op-ed title like that. They would never let it fly. Barack Obama is bad for Jews. No powerful man in the West, more specifically, in the United States, has been more vile and vicious toward the state of Israel and the Prime Minister of Israel than our former president, Barack Obama. None. And Barack Obama's deal with the Iranians has seriously put Israel, and by the way, the Arab Gulf states too, in a situation where their very existence is threatened with potential nuclear war. And this clown, this buffoon, this Brett Stevens is focused on Bannon and Zionist Organization of America. The title should be, Barack Obama is bad for the Jews. Let me tell you what Barack Obama did and Bannon did not do. Barack Obama conducted espionage on the Prime Minister of Israel. Barack Obama conducted espionage on members of Congress who disagreed with him on the Iran deal. Barack Obama conducted espionage on Jewish organizations that disagreed with him on the Iran deal. And Barack Obama lied about the Iran deal. They had secret side agreements. Barack Obama was part, more than part, was a leader in an effort to convey $150 billion to the world's number one terrorist state, Iran. Barack Obama conveyed $1.7 billion in foreign currency to the regime in Tehran in exchange for hostages. He didn't want it to be known, so a plane without numbers flew in the middle of the night, landed in Tehran, and foreign currency was used. But this fool Brett Stevens, he doesn't write an article entitled Barack Obama's Bad for the Jews. He lies about Bannon. And he lies about the Zionist Organization of America. Flat out lies. As he twists the facts, as he throws around labels, and it's disgusting to me. Because there are real anti-Semites. And the truth is, the vast majority of them are members of the Democrat Party. The vast majority of them can be found at the DNC. Because in my view, the deputy chairman of the DNC, he could have written, he could have written this, but he didn't with his associations with Farrakhan, with his anti-Semitic statements and so forth and so on, Keith Ellison, Keith X, if you will, that he doesn't write about. That he doesn't write about. What's going on on our college campuses with the boycott movement against Israel? That doesn't deserve attention. Apparently, Bannon is such an anti Semite that they opened up a Jerusalem office at Breitbart. Maybe Brett Stevens ought to visit it. He used to be an editor over there at the Jerusalem Post. He has had many jobs for some reason. So, in a not so clever piece, he smears, he rewrites, he character assassinates. Because that's what this puke does. And he hates, hates Donald Trump. Despises Donald Trump. Go on his Twitter account. See the kinds of fights he gets into with Sean Hannity, among others. He's such a lightweight. I want to thank the Zionist Organization of America for what they do. They can't let one column by a half-wit can't let one column by a half width affect you. And it won't. This column will be forgotten in, in a short period of time. I thought I would point it out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, lots to go. More to cover. I'll be right back.
0: meet to defend liberty and defeat tyranny. Call the Mark Levin Show now at eight seven seven three eight one three eight
1: one one. Let me ask you folks a question. Are you familiar with the role the New York Times played during World War II to conceal the existence of the Holocaust? The New York Times some time ago did a study of itself kind of like the Senate passing an anti-sexual harassment training requirement for itself. And it's a rather thoroughgoing examination, and others have written about it too, how the New York Times did its very best to downplay the Holocaust. It had infrequent reporting. It often pushed the stories to the back pages. Um and the irony is that Brett Stevens works for the New York Times. That Brett Stevens is paid by the New York Times. That the title the New York Times puts on this piece Steve Bannon is bad for the Jews should really read the New York Times is bad for the Jews brought to you by the New York Times. The New York Times doesn't support Netanyahu. The New York Times doesn't support Likud or the more conservative uh, political elements. In Israel, the New York Times supported the Iran deal, which is a dire threat to our country, Arab countries, and Israel. And this fool, Brett Stevens, is thrilled to be writing for a newspaper that during the height of World War II, during the genocide of Jews, sought to downplay it. In many ways, cover it up, push it to the back pages. And they've admitted it. The paper of record. They still call it the paper of record. We're still supposed to believe what's in that newspaper. And they hire guys like Brett Stevens to inform us, you know, who to like, who not to like, who's a hater, who's a lover. The Zionist Organization of America has done far more than Brett Stevens ever could dream to do. But Brett Stevens is a hater. He can't just disagree with people. He can't just disagree with Trump or disagree with Hannity or disagree with the award or disagree with the ZOA. And so, no, don't you know? they're anti-Semitic. Now just think about that kind of perverse thinking. The Zionist organization of America, according to this clown, is an anti-Semitic What is he right? anti-Semitic, Zionist organization. And I doubt he was even drunk when he wrote that line. Very, very troubling. And here's another irony that this clown will never understand. Donald Trump is more supportive of Israel than George W. Bush ever was, and that George H. W. Bush ever was. Got that? It's true. I'm convinced before the end of his term, he will move the American embassy to Jerusalem. I'm convinced before the end of his term, he will recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. That would never happen under a Bush. And that would never happen if any of the people who Brett Stevens likes uh, had been elected President of the United States. Why am I pointing him out since 98.9% of you never heard of him? Check that. 99.9% of you never heard of him. Because he needs to be exposed for the character assassin that he is. And for his illiteracy when it comes to not just history, but modern history. He writes for a newspaper, the New York Times that I would argue did Hitler's bidding by, if not covering up, certainly downplaying to the back pages or the inside pages of the newspaper, the absolute slaughter, inhumanity, genocide against the Jews. And this guy, who's a Jew, is writing to attack the Zionist organization of America. Just shows you how perverse they are. The hate for Trump, the hate for anyone or anything attached to Trump, It's just incredible. You can have disagreements with Trump. You can have disagreements with his policies and so forth and so on. Look, I'm a constitutional conservative. I don't claim to be a nationalist populist. So what? We debate the ideas. We decide, you know, blah, blah, blah. You don't start comparing people to uh, anti-Semites because they happen to disagree with Brett Stevens when the record is absolutely the opposite. And I know this for a fact. For a fact. Now watch. The clown will say that I'm an alt-right white supremacist. Try that, Brett. You better make sure you have a very, very hefty bank account. I don't take crap from jerks like you. You know, guys, if your workplace is business casual, a Yale study found that simply dressing a level up earned you greater respect and success at work. Bottom line, smart guys are dressing for success by upgrading their business dress and business casual wardrobes. And setting the trend for guys who want to punch up their style without breaking the bank is a British shirt company, Charles Tierwitt. When you arrive in a CT shirt to work, client meeting or holiday party, you look completely put together. These are the best shirts on the market and I have a closet full of them and I want you to try them too. Check out this wonderful, wonderful deal that I got for you. One CT shirt normally costs a hundred bucks. But right now, you'll get three shirts for just $99. That is 60% off. And CT shirts come with free delivery, a six month quality guarantee, and free returns. 99 bucks gets you three amazing CT shirts, but you need to hurry. Let me tell you, they're not only beautiful, they're really, really soft. And that matters to me a lot. Go to ctshirts.com slash Levin. ctshirts.com slash L-E-V-I-N. That's ctshirts.com slash Levin. Uh Uh-oh, what happened to my call screen? It bugged out on me. All right, Mr. Producer. Jerry in New Jersey, the great W-A-B-C. Go. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, can you get off the speaker and talk right into the mouthpiece?
3: I'm sorry, Mark. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, I, I, I agree with you. I love when you talk about uh, Hume and Spinoza and Locke instead of Moore and, uh, and Franken, but this is what a society we live in. But I, I just don't think there's a moral equivalency between Franken and, and Moore. Because
1: I didn't of, say there is, and there doesn't need to be.
3: But I don't think he's. She's
5: wearing a flak vest. I don't think her hands are actually touching her brow. Oh, come on. Mark, I think he's posing. He's being a, a sophomore idiot, but he's like the guys that gesticulate when a pretty girl walks
1: by. All right, now, ladies and gentlemen, you'll look at the photo and draw your own conclusions. All right? Now we're going to debate whether or not. Was he touching them? Almost touching them? Kind of touching them? I see the photo, and he looks like he's touching them. What do you think, Mr. Producer? Tell me your honest opinion. He's grabbing. He's groping her. But go ahead, sir. I'm listening no, to your every, every syllable.
6: No, I, I think that it, it's he's it's, it's a comedian that's acting like a buffoon, which
1: is... Guess what? Comedians don't get passes. Comedians don't get passes, and they don't get to use comedy as a fig leaf.
3: Sexual he's
1: he's and, a, and, and I'm trying to tell you I'm not one of those that's knee jerk about this stuff that says any accusation is in fact um, a truth I don't know that to be the case uh, but that's uh you can't oh he's a comedian he's only kidding around sorry comedians have to follow the rules too okay. at least in my opinion if you don't think he's touching that's fine how about when she says he uh he forcibly kissed her. Does that do anything for you? Well,
3: uh, the, for- the forcibly kissing is, is he's, he's rehearsing for
1: a show. And- ah, rehearsing. Rehearsing for a show.
6: He's a jerk. He's an idiot, but he didn't commit. A-
1: why, why would you have to tongue kiss somebody to rehearse for a show,
3: Jerry? Well, Mark, you know what? I just don't think it's a crime. I think what Roy Moore did.
1: I didn't told- say prosecute him. I said he should be expelled
3: well you know what i i i think the problem
1: and i and I think those like you who think Roy Moore, if he's elected, should be expelled, should be consistent. It's not that they did or may have done or maybe didn't exactly the same thing. You got a photograph of a guy grabbing a woman's breast, and you're denying that that's what it shows
3: why well, I don't think it shows
1: that I think she shows her wearing a, a a flap jacket and a she is wearing a flap jacket and he's grabbing her breast. that doesn't mean okay, that's enough. Thank you for your call. Harry, Louisville, Kentucky, Sirius Satellite, go.
3: Hey, Mark, how you doing tonight? Look, well, it's real yeah. simple, right is right, wrong is wrong. The moron invaded her space. Earlier, it, it, well, whenever it was earlier, they had a little confrontation. She let it know, let it be known that she don't really care for him. She's asleep. He goes over, whether he touches it, he don't, he stays. He's taking a picture of her, okay? As far as I'm concerned,
1: they need to let the court system deal with it. All right, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. He's a United States senator. Let's play along with Jerry, all right, Harry? Let's pretend he didn't touch her, but he's pretending to touch her. And he's mighty close, because to me it looks like he's grabbing. Is that okay?
6: No. No,
3: it's not okay.
1: Particularly when he wants the book thrown at everybody else.
3: Well... You can want one hand and you know what else in the other. It's so the
1: right is right, All right. All right, Harry, appreciate it. We have to be so careful even with our analogies. Well, one hand does – I mean, wait a minute. I don't mean to say that. Uh, there is there is too much of that, too. We have to be now so careful, so careful what we say. And uh, But if you're grabbing somebody's breast – and that's what the photo certainly looks like to me, and I bet nine out of ten people – Um. That is not a matter of being careful. That's a matter of being a predator, in my humble opinion. Let us continue. Let us go to Joe in Bellevue, Nebraska. How are you, Joe?
5: Great, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, uh, Mitch McConnell is derelict in his duties as a leader, uh, you know, a, a true leader would sit uh, Franken on the side, not send it to an ethics committee. He'd get with Schumer, sideline that guy, and and then find a way to ex- expel him from
1: look, look, the Senate. Hey, McConnell has reached all the way into Alabama to try and control the outcome of that race. That's what he's done. Exactly. And he shouldn't. He's the Republican leader in the United States Senate. Frankly, it's the business of the people of Alabama, the Republican Party of Alabama. Um, uh, If they want to decide that they want to send the guy to the Senate, it's up to them. They want to decide they don't. That's up to them. He's all involved in that. Meanwhile, in his own backyard, where he's responsible, in in his own United States Senate, he says, yeah, we're going to send it to the Ethics Committee. That is the least uh, uh, action that they could possibly take is send it to the Ethics Committee. Roy Moore, whatever, the fact is nothing's been adjudicated, but in the case of Roy Moore, even before he's elected, they want to talk about expelling him. All I'm saying is whatever you believe about all the facts, we now have our standard. Our standard is if an allegation is potentially legitimate or seems legitimate, that's it, according to Mitch McConnell. That is it. Mitch McConnell took his position before the additional women came forward. Do well, you, re- you remember that? Oh, yeah. It was just based on the Washington Post story.
5: Uh, you know, McConnell's too busy being a tyrant and consolidating his power. I'm not sure why or how he's trying to consolidate his power, but he's more intent on that than focusing on his duties as a leader. Leader right,
1: my friend. No, I agree with you. I gotta go. We'll be right back. Mark in.
5: Life is stressful.
1: Even worse when the IRS is after you for back taxes. You agonize when they'll show up, seize your bank account, put a lien on your home, or garnish your wages. It was even worse for Lori. Lori was engaged, but knew bringing $25,000 of IRS debt into the marriage was no way to start her new life. So Lori did something really smart. She called Optima Tax Relief. Now Optima stepped between Lori and the IRS, analyzed her case, and uncovered some game-changing facts that allowed them to settle her case in her favor. And when Optima told Lori that her IRS problems were over, she called it the happiest call of her life and her wedding was back on. Optima has resolved over a half billion dollars in tax debt for their clients. They're A-plus rated with a better business bureau. Getting your life back starts the moment you call Optima for your free consultation. So don't wait anymore. Call 800-499-6300. 800-499-6300. That's 800 I'm going to tell you something. I'm not going to spend all night talking about this sexual harassment stuff, but I'm going to tell you something. If the NFL goes after Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, that is the final nail in the coffin of football. That's it. Jerry Jones is one of the few owners who is standing up to this clown, the commissioner, And standing up to the bureaucracy that is the NFL. And if they go after Jerry Jones, they're trying to silence some of the other owners. Who are probably troubled by what the NFL is doing or not doing as well. So I just point that out. If the NFL seriously is considering going after Jerry Jones. In order to protect the commissioner, who is a lightweight, who has allowed the players' union to walk all over him, who treats the fans as second-class citizens. Well, that's my view of this. There's really a handful of owners who are really disgusted by all this. Jerry Jones, I believe Dan Snyder is one of them. I don't know who the rest of them are. But you got the owners of the uh, Atlanta Falcons. I'm sorry, this guy, what's his name, Blank? Arthur Blank, who was uh, one of the three men who became enormously wealthy off of uh, Home Depot. Arthur Blank is a lightweight, he's a coward. That's right, that's my opinion. I'm not attacking the Atlanta Falcons or the Atlanta Falcon fans. I'm trying to protect them. From a guy who would sell out his fans, a guy who would sell out the league. That's my opinion. All right. What am I up to here? I don't have to read anything, do I? No. Let us go to Carolyn in Bodark, Missouri on the Mark Levin app. How are you?
4: I'm good. How are you?
1: Very well. Thank you.
4: Well, I wanted to say something about um, the picture. And to a- me. About what? About the picture with the guy with the, guy with the hands. The oh,
1: uh, Franken.
4: Frank, yes, Al Franken.
1: Um, By the way, you think they'll t- do an SNL skit on this uh, Saturday?
4: No, I didn't see it.
1: I have the. Have said, no, this coming Saturday. Do you think oh, they'll do an SNL skit on Franken?
4: Oh, I'm sure they will. I'm, I'm sure they will. I
1: have the. Uh, well, I, I mean, have the perfect person to play him, Franken. Go ahead.
4: Um, well, whether he touched it or not is, you know. He, the, the picture looks like it, and to me, the whole the whole idea that what he was thinking is that he wanted to humiliate her, and the picture does that, because it looks like he is, whether he is or not. And he just, I, I just feel like he, he just wanted to humiliate her for rejecting him. That's, that's the way I see it, and it's, it's and, awful. And
1: that's the way she saw it, too, you know?
4: That, that, to me, that's just pretty obvious. And whether
1: but he, look, he he's not denying most of this. So you know what? He should just resign. He should man up and resign. Go back to Saturday Night Live, where he can play with his buddy Alec uh, Baldwin. All right, ma'am, I appreciate your call. I appreciate all the calls. You take care. We'll be right back.
0: He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post... In the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
1: Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. If it can't get worse, for the United States Senate judge declares mistrial in New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez bribery trial, NBC News. Newark, New Jersey. The bribery trial of New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez ended in a mistrial Thursday afternoon when jurors were again deadlocked in a case that threatened to end the Democratic lawmakers' political career. What do you bet if this guy were a Republican in New Jersey? He would have been convicted. Just a thought. Jurors were un- unable to reach a unanimous verdict the second time in four days. Even though they reviewed evidence slowly and thorough, defense attorney Abby Lowell told U.S. District Judge William Walls. Lowell said jurors had a strong difference of opinion since deliberations began seven days ago. Walls said he had no alternative but to declare a mistrial. A juror later told reporters the deadlock was 10 to 2, leaning toward acquittal on all counts. 10 to 2, leaning toward acquittal on all counts. This is a very poorly written sentence. Let me ask you a question, ladies and gentlemen. It was 10 to 2 leaning toward acquittal on all counts, meaning 10 were leaning toward acquittal on all counts and 2 said no, or 10 to 2 leaning toward acquittal on all counts. The 2 were leaning toward acquittal. I can't tell. But anyway, defense attorneys asked the judge to give them until December 15 to file a brief for acquittal. Prosecutors, meanwhile, gave no immediate indication whether they seek to retry the senator. Menendez was briefly overcome with emotion outside the federal court in Newark. He escaped with his teeth. As he thanked his attorneys, his family, fellow senators, including New Jersey Senator Cory Booker, South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham for their support. So Lindsey Graham testifies as a character witness. He took a swipe at the FBI and the Department of Justice for pursuing the case in the first place. I wonder if now he will take a swipe at the leadership of the FBI for pursuing a non-Russian collusion with Trump case. I saw where the Senate Judiciary Committee, led by a Republican, was demanding more information from Jared Kushner. Why don't you fools leave this family the hell alone? Why don't you clowns in Congress get your own act together... And leave the Trump family the hell alone. What the hell do you think they did? Seriously. What do you think they did? If they did something that affected the election, for God's sakes, wouldn't we know by now? Four congressional committees investigating. Every news operation in the land investigating. An out of control Soviet-style prosecutor roaming the legal landslide looking for stuff. What the hell do they want? Trump gets elected president. He brings in some family members to help him. Not if that's not been done before. Kennedy, Kennedy, Kennedy. And they're chasing the kids. They're chasing him. They're chasing this one. They're chasing that. To what end? Well, we know to what end. But what the hell, ladies and gentlemen? Let the president serve his term, do the very best he can, see what they can get through this uh, this god-awful Republican Congress, If the Democrats block it, they block it, and then there you go. Do you have to try and put people in prison? Do you have to constantly harass them with documents? Let me ask Mr. Grassley a question. The guy's in his 80s. He can barely complete his sentences. I don't know if he's got false teeth, but it seems like they're about to fall out of his mouth when he's talking behind a microphone. What does he want? How's his memory? Where are his documents? By the way, I have another question. Everybody wants to know, who in the Trump campaign, did you meet with a Russian? Did you see a Russian? Did you meet with a Russian? Did you see a Russian? Okay, I have a question. How many Democrats met with Russians in the last five years? How many Democrats in Congress met with the former ambassador to Russia? I'm just curious. How many Democrats in in Congress in the last five, six, seven, eight years went to Russia? If the fact of an interaction with a Russian, not even the substance, is enough to try and get an attorney general on perjury, then I would like to know about all the interactions of the Democrats with the Russians. Then you bring up the nuclear, the um, the uranium deal, uranium one. and eh, that's a non-issue. That's intended to deflect a non-issue. That's a non-issue. But Jared Kushner's last email, that's the crime of the century. Again, I'm not a special pleader for anybody. I'm just looking at this. How the world is so upside down. Judge declares mistrial in New Jersey, Senator Bob Menendez, bribery trial. Well, and he's innocent. He is uh, He's innocent until proven guilty. Republicans, you're guilty until proven innocent. Check that. Conservatives are guilty until proven innocent. Menendez, the Lion of the Senate. Oh, excuse me, that was Kennedy. The Lion of the Senate. By the way, as I mentioned on Levin TV, there is going to be, Levin TV tonight, I hope you'll watch it, there is going to be an actual movie on Chappaquiddick and Ted Kennedy. And reportedly, I say reportedly, obviously I haven't seen it, it gets into some of the details and is not particularly flattering of the line of the Senate. Praised by Obama, praised by John McCain, praised by McConnell, praised by Kerry, praised, praised, praised all over the place. This guy makes uh, Al Franken uh, look celibate, This Ted Kennedy. He was grabbing and poking and touching and drinking and drinking and drinking, no, oh, no, no, he's the lion of the Senate. Oh, excuse me. We need more like him. We could work with old Ted. I'll tell you a quick story. When I first came to Washington, D.C., to work in the Reagan administration, my great dad, he drove all the way from Philadelphia to Dallas, Texas, where I'd been working, or he flew from Philadelphia to Dallas, Texas. I had a little uh, Toyota Corolla at the time, which they were actually pretty small at the time. And I loaded everything I could into this Corolla to drive from Dallas, Texas, on a street called Skillman Street, by the way. I was in a little apartment to Washington, D.C., to work in the Reagan administration. I was offered and accepted a job by Tom Paulkin, a really great guy. Who is well known in uh, in conservative circles in Texas? So I left my job at Texas Instruments and drove up. I didn't have a place to stay. I hadn't even thought about it. Where am I going to live? How am I going to pay for it? Blah blah blah. I come from and my folks very very modest means. So didn't didn't know where we were going to stay. I didn't know where I was going to stay. And then uh, a friend of mine who I'd met on Capitol Hill when I was an intern at the Supreme Court, um, he uh, he offered me his sofa to sleep on, and I slept on that sofa for ten months. But that's a side story. I told my parents I was sleeping on a bed, I was sleeping on a sofa. Very generous of him, though. Phil Kiko, great guy. Anyway. So my dad and I are on Capitol Hill on the street. I don't remember the name of all the streets. And we're in this restaurant. We're just having a quick lunch. And Ted Kennedy's in there with some guy. And uh, he was in there for about, you know, he he was finishing his lunch. And we were there. We just got there. This guy, the, he had glasses of white wine. The glass of white wine. I don't mean these little glasses, wine glasses. I don't drink much, so... I don't drink any hard liquor. Every now and then I have a sip of wine because my wife orders a wine. I said I'll take a sip. But anyway, he chuggalugged that stuff. I mean, it was like drinking ice water. Just boom. And then the next one, boom. And then he got up. They got up and left. I said, "That? did you see that, Daddy? Yep. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. This guy abused his wife. Cheated on his wife, not once, twice, but hundreds and hundreds of times. Cheated with staffers, strangers, lobbyists, didn't matter. Abused women left and white. Everybody knew it. Everybody knows it today. And of course, Chappaquiddick is the worst of the worst. Drives that car off the bridge that didn't have guardrails, into the canal. He gets out of that car, even though he says, I do back and I do back, which he didn't do. Mary Jo Kopechny, I believe she was 27 years old. She'd been a staffer to Robert Kennedy. Uh, she was left in the car. And she was alive. There was a little pocket of air in the back corner, either the left or the right of the car. And she swam up to the pocket of the air and was breathing the air from that little pocket of air that was... She was alive, but eventually suffocated. Ted Kennedy didn't report the fact of that car in the canal for almost 10 hours. For almost 10 hours. And it's extremely likely she would have survived if he had contacted authorities sooner. Quickly. Because she was breathing air in that air pocket. He should have been charged with at least involuntary manslaughter for which he would have gone to prison. But instead, they controlled, obviously, the courts. They controlled everything that took place there, that family did. And they had plenty of money to spread around. And they had the media in their back pocket. The media, same media they have in their back pocket today. He gave a speech a week later to the people of Massachusetts, which is online. You can see it. I cover much of this in Levin TV tonight, but but other things too, in which he mostly talks about himself, his heroic self, how he had water in his lungs, how he, you know, this, that, and the other. And you look at this guy, evil, absolutely evil, ice water in his veins. Warren Hatch's best friend in the Senate. John McCain brought the tears, giving him a eulogy. Barack Obama going on for 15 or 20 minutes, praising the man. Because, of course, Kennedy got behind Obama against Hillary Clinton and helped him win the nomination. One after another after another, the line of the Senate. That's why I've been pounding away, ladies and gentlemen, on Congress as hard as I have. When they're passing resolutions or statutes, asking their members to stop groping each other and so forth and so on, I'm telling you, this is an epidemic. I don't believe it's an epidemic across the country. I believe the elites want you to believe it's an epidemic across the country. I think most people in the workplace know what the line is, they can kibitz and joke around a little bit and know not to step over it. I think these members of Congress are power hungry. And by the way, not all of them. There's some really, really good members of Congress. Problem is, there's too many that go the other way. Too many predators. This is another reason you should be enormously skeptical about all the power and money that flows through their hands. You should be enormously skeptical about whether they're capable of telling you the truth When they lie to their wives and husbands and lie to their own family members. I think that's very, very important to understand who we're dealing with here. There are virtuous people in Congress. I know this for a fact. There are. The problem is, there's enough scum as well. I'll be right back. Take a couple calls here. Cindy, Potomac Falls, Maryland. Sirius Satellite, go.
4: How are you doing, Mark?
1: Very well, thank you.
4: I was just calling because I wanted to. It was sort of a
1: comment, not uh oh, Cindy. We're catching every other word. Turn your head with the phone a little bit. See if that helps.
4: Okay. How's that?
1: Go ahead. That sounds better. Go ahead.
4: I just wanted to say it seems to me like the people in power. Are still after a year of having this new administration they still feel like they're operating undercover and like what they're doing isn't obvious to people now i understand that not everybody listens to uh patriot radio and mark levin and all the others what and and they i know it's stupid i i know
1: i'm I know. stunned it's
4: if you would just pay me a small stipend, I would go out and recruit <laughs> people to listen. But anyway, that's... You don't need thing. to.
1: I have my mother-in-law. She's the best at it.
4: I love your mother-in-law. Okay, so the point is this, so It feels like, with every bit of news that comes out, like, I'm listening to this stupidity, right? The whole and Moore thing comes to light, and Mitch McConnell is saying that if he gets elected, he's going to be asked to resign immediately, right? And then this BS with... Uh, Franken comes up and they're going to do an investigation of what?
1: I don't know. It's going to go to the ethics committee.
4: Of, but investigating
1: what? I, I don't know. I, I don't understand. Maybe Mitch McConnell can help explain it. He won't come on here and do it. When is there due process and when isn't there due process? When are we to believe and when are we aren't to believe? Uh, is, is there disparate treatment depending on the senator? Whether the senator is liked or disliked, whether the senator is a Democrat or Republican, whether the senator is a liberal or conservative, whether the person's a senator yet, running for the Senate and a senator. Mitch McConnell has some explaining to do.
4: single thing. And I know at one point you went back and did the research with the New York Times and what they had said and what they had said and blah, blah, blah. And then it all blew up because it was like, okay, this is what you said then. And it's clear you're full
1: of shit now. And I uh, dump, dump, dump. All right, Cindy, gotta go. Can't use the s word. Rich, trucker in Pennsylvania, Sirius Satellite. How are you, sir?
3: Hi. Good evening, Mr. Levin. Thanks for taking my call.
1: Well, Hi. it's my pleasure.
3: I was uh, listening to one of your callers and got very agitated. Uh-oh. With the man that thought it was a good idea, or he wasn't touching the woman, that that really bothered me because, as a child, we we know we're not supposed to touch other people.
1: What's happening? Well, look before? at the picture. Do you think he touched her?
3: I I'm just going by what I heard because I was driving. I have
1: Well, I time. want everyone to decide for themselves. Seriously, I want everybody to take a look at the picture. To me. Rich, it looks like he uh, he did, uh, and she said he did. I mean, it's a photo. You can draw your own conclusion. It looks pretty conclusive to me. Thanks for your call, brother. I'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Denali. The Great One. The Great One. And you can call in now,
1: 877-381-3811. When's the last time we had a slow news day? Think about that. For well over a year now, we've been constantly bombarded with breaking news, fake news, manufactured outrage. Unfortunately, the antiquated networks continue to only cover this with their predictable bias and dangerous agendas. If you're tired of their game, if you're looking for a strong, honest voice outside the mainstream media look no farther than CRTV CRTV was created to be different to be better no other network provides more of the people you trust the content you seek and the viewing experience you deserve with shows like Levin TV my own show with my buddy Phil Roberts with uh, in the woods with Phil Robertson my dear friend Michelle Malkin investigates my buddy Louder with Crowder, Steve Crowder, just to name a few. You'll get a fresh perspective and an unfiltered assessment of the issues that are truly important to you. It's time to cut the cord on the old guard and join us at CRTV and our CRTV media revolution. It all started in my living room with Levin TV, an idea. Then we turned Levin TV into a network. And now we have a network of wonderful, wonderful programs. Go to CRTV.com and start your free trial. Get access to every show that CRTV offers. That's CRTV.com or call 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. You know, it would be fun to get it in time for Thanksgiving, and then you can play it on your television or your handheld device or your computer or your iPad or whatever, many, many platforms, and share it with your friends and family. Right after Thanksgiving or right before Thanksgiving. Give us a buzz. 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. It's late in the program, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. White House says decision to lift ban on elephant hunting trophies from Africa has not been finalized. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is planning to reverse a ban on importing elephant hunting trophies from two countries in Africa. But White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders said the move is not final. Trophies from elephants hunted in those two countries were banned by the administration of Barack Obama in 2014. The African elephant is classified as vulnerable on the International Union for Conservation of Nature's Red List of Threatened Species, which means it's considered to be facing a high risk of extinction in the world. Uh, the president has said in the past that he knows his sons uh, are hunters but he is not now this is going to upset some of you it's going to shock some of you I support this ban I don't want to see the elephants gunned down I support the ban on importing into our country these uh these elephant heads the uh, the trophies if you will I think theres are majestic animals, the elephants, well, Mark, you're opposed to hunting deer. I didn't say that, but there's certain animals, yes, I object to being hunted, and the elephant is at the top of the list. They are also very intelligent animals. I've seen some video that is absolutely heartbreaking about how these I don't know what they call them, how they, 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 people who are stealing poachers, stealing the baby elephants, the calves, uh, corralling them, five or six together, how they're panicking, how they're stressed, having, uh, been separated from their mothers, then they're shipped off to people, to places like China and so forth. This, this is inhumane. It's horrific. Terrific. Are these idiots who think tusks, from elephants or a rhinoceros and so forth, that somehow that's going to increase your uh, libido or whatever the hell it is. Screw that, so to speak. So no, I don't. Uh, I hope they don't lift the ban. If anyone in the administration is lifting, listening to me, this is one Obama decision you ought to leave in place. Leave the elephants alone. I can't stand watching these video where they're shot. Or where their babies are taken from. I I can't stand it. I just can't stand it. Call me whatever you will. Rick, Brownsville, Oregon, Sirius Satellite. Go. Uh,
5: Yes,
6: sir. What I had a question on is how is this, you know, because I've been listening to you for quite a few days now going on over about this new
1: text. Spit it out, uh, baby. Let's go. Yes.
6: All right. How is it going to affect me
1: in Northern California? I, I, don't, I, I don't know all your, your your situation in Northern California.
6: It's, well, it's just basically...
1: Do you, do you deduct property taxes on your uh, as an itemized item on your taxes?
6: Yes, my uh, tax man does it now,
1: but... Well, I, I don't mean who physically does it. Do you deduct the property taxes you pay from your tax form? Yes. Do you deduct the interest on your mortgage? Yes. Well, depending on which plan goes through, you'll be affected, depending on how much you pay. Right. Let me ask you this. You're in California. Do you pay property taxes? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It Do you just, pay a state income down. tax? Do you pay a state okay. income tax? Okay. Depending on which Republican plan is, uh, is adopted, uh, those won't be deductible either. I think that's ludicrous. They should have just cut the rates across the board by a few percent, go ahead and slash the corporate rates because uh, they're way too high, and leave well enough alone. Because uh, these are not Reaganite proposals. Reaganite proposals would be slashing the rates by more than a few percent, uh, and we wouldn't be hearing about, oh, we're subsidizing the blue states. We're not subsidizing any states. Let me ask you a question, Rick. Are you a Republican?
6: Yes, sir, I am.
1: And you live in Oregon, right?
6: No, I live in Red Bluff, California.
1: All right. Well, it's said here you live in Oregon. All right. You live in Red Bluff, California. Um, who signed your tax return, the governor or you? Me. Okay. When the people say, oh, wow, look at this, we're subsidizing blue states, it's nothing to do with subsidizing blue states. And this crap's coming from Republicans. You're an individual taxpayer. You're paying your own taxes. You're not part of a middle class group, you're not a part of a rich group, your taxes are your taxes, you're either punished or you benefit on your own, it doesn't matter what state you live in, people who live in red states have to do the same thing, interest deduction, deducting state income taxes if you have them, property taxes and so forth, this propaganda, we don't want to subsidize the blue states anymore, we're talking about What is right for the individual taxpayer? What is right for small business? What is right for corporations? I'm all for slashing 35 to 20%. I get it. I get that's a growth growth mechanism. I get it creates jobs and wealth. I get it improves our ability to compete with foreign companies. I'm all for it. But why would you screw the individual and families along the way, With these phony claims that they're going to be tax cuts. I just saw some congressman from Pennsylvania on TV. And he said, I've looked at the data and almost everyone's going to get a tax cut. That is simply not true. It is simply not true. And he's responding to a host who's obviously into his class warfare stuff. Although this isn't fair. But putting the class warfare stuff aside. You either do the right thing or you don't do the right thing. And at this point, my view is... Go ahead and slash the corporate income taxes and leave the rest of us alone, because otherwise you're going to screw around. Thank you for your call, sir. All right, let's continue. Jeff, Hillsboro, Oregon, the great KUFO. Go.
5: Hey, Mark. I, you just hit a nerve when you started talking about hunting like uh, animals that, uh, that, 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 that we just don't need to hunt for trophies. I mean, elephants. Grizzly bears I've been a hunter all my life, and i just i there there are some animals I just would never harvest for the fact of having a trophy hanging in my in my home i i you you, you just struck a nerve when you talked about that today and i and i I just
1: bring- hope the administration hears us and does not lift this ban i really do otherwise uh the killing and the poaching and the elephant—it's just going to go on and on and on, and it's going to—it's going to even—it's uh, going to accelerate. I, I just—I tell you, I watch these these things on the internet, and it turns my stomach. It just turns my stomach.
5: Be, be free to kill anything that you want to kill because it's an animal. I mean, I, I I like to harvest a deer and an elk up here in Oregon, and I use the meat and 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 I enjoy it. But no, I of course, know.
1: I've got a, there's a hundred and RM, a couple of them, my buddy Danny and so forth, and they have a property and there's a zillion deer and so forth and so on. And there's actually a, a rational reason for thinning out the numbers and so I, I got all that. There's no rational reason for killing an elephant other than you want a big head on the wall.
5: I remember when I was, uh, when I was a seventh grader, and I'm a big guy. I did, a, I did a whole analogy or report in one of my classes on elephants, and I, I, I just adore the animals to something fierce. But anyways, Mark,
1: you really struck a nerve. Thank you. Listen, listen, Jeff, and you're a hunter, and I've got five weapons. I don't have a problem hunting, but I feel the same way with the big cats. Those big male lions and those big manes and so forth. Well, what is the point of that?
5: The, 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 there's no point except you're you're trying to prove what your manhood. I I I don't know. I don't understand it.
1: All right, Jeff. Thanks for your call. Mark, Brownwood, Texas. Sirius Satellite. Go right ahead, sir.
7: Hey, Mark. Hey, hey. You're a great authority on so many things, uh, but. I'm a rancher and.
1: Uh, I'm not saying I'm an authority on this. I'm just giving you my opinion. I don't pretend to be an authority on this.
7: Okay, but you know, if I've got 100 acres of land and I've got 10 cows and a bull on it, and a year later I'm going to have 20 cows and a bull, and, and I've got to do something with my habitat. I
1: don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. But that's not the situation with elephants. They don't produce that fast.
7: Yeah, no, they don't, it's, uh, but they're out of habitat, and I've been over to Africa about 12 times. I've helped uh, build some orphanages over there, and the, the people in Zimbabwe will tell you, people need to come over here and, and see how uh, much of our crops the elephants destroy. They tear up their houses. They, they kill people.
1: And, Look, uh, if you have a rampaging elephant, I get that. I understand that. We're We're really not talking about that.
7: Yeah, it's just the poachers come in when you don't have hunting that shoots only the old animals. Poachers come in. and Well, they, I
1: think the poachers should be shot. What do you think of that?
7: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Uh, All right, brother. I appreciate your call. I understand there's disagreement on this. I really do. I'm just giving you, maybe I'm knee-jerk on this, but so be it. That's my opinion. Not one penny. That's how much funding Hillsdale College receives from the government. Not even indirectly in the form of student loans or grants. Not one penny. The vast majority of colleges receive around 30% of their revenue from government funding, loans and grants. Now that makes them dependent on the government. And taxpayers like you and me to stay in business. Now in contrast, in stark contrast, Hillsdale refuses every single penny of government funding. Why? Well because money from the government comes with strings attached do's and don'ts, restrictions and mandates that dictate how a school operates and educates. But from the very beginning in 1844, Hillsdale has provided a world-class education that upholds America's founding principles and preserves the blessings of civil and religious liberty. Everything Hillsdale does, from the financial aid 97% of its students receive to the completely free online courses it offers, depends on generous donors who recognize the worth of independence. Not one penny preserves the integrity of Hillsdale education. Not one penny ensures that Hillsdale can continue to be a beacon of independence for all of its students across America and for you. Why don't you check them out? Go to LevinforHillsdale.com That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com
0: Mark Levin
1: Lorton, Virginia, the great WMAL. How are you, sir?
3: Good, sir. Thank you so much for taking my call. Most importantly, um, I just wanted to let you know that through listening to you over the last two years or so, you have made a huge effect on myself and my two young boys um, you. where we look to the Constitution first and kind of go from there. And I want you to know I voted for Obama twice. Big yeah. mistake. Um, and, uh, through listening to you, um, you, you've really changed our entire family, and I thank, thank you, you so much.
1: Wow. And very kind to, of
3: you. Yes, sir. And I just want you to really know that before you go to bed at night, there's probably millions of people out there like me. And secondarily, the next thing, the whole hunting thing you said, I'm sorry, your view is just simply common sense. And I don't see how anybody else could think of it any other way. You know, we now, Are hunt, you a hunter? Yes, sir. My, I've always been a hunter all my life. My father was a hunter, um, and we cull a lot of white-tailed deer. We take turkey, mm-hmm. we take dove, but we eat every single bit of it, and that mm-hmm. is what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, other than that, I mean, I, I live in Virginia. I won't even kill black bear in the mountains. I mean, there's just not – why would I? There's not that many of them. And the meat, you know, although you can make it taste good, it, it takes a lot of work. So, um, you know, that, that's just how I look at it. And I just don't know why anybody would want to go kill a lion or an elephant or a rhinoceros or even a crocodile. Or I just don't get it.
1: Um, all right, my agree. friend. We, we agree on this. Uh, people will say, well, you're not consistent. Well, so what? That's just our view. Thank you for your call, Greg. That was very, very kind of you, all your very, very nice words. I appreciate it. Carlton, San Francisco, California, the great KSFO. Go.
6: Oh my lord, I'm talking to the great one. Thank you. <laughs> I've always prayed to do this. Thank you. But I'm the same way as your last caller. It's like, we've done ours. Let it go. Why take an elephant's head home? Really? I mean. Now, are you a, are you a hunter? Have you ever seen an elephant's water? It's graceful.
1: Hmm. Why
6: take that home? Why destroy
3: such a know. beautiful animal? I
1: don't know. Now, let me ask you, are you a hunter?
6: Oh, I've hunted my whole life,
1: mm-hmm. and
6: I, I put my guns down. I shoot paper now. Mm-hmm. My son will take gang down, and then mm-hmm. I will tell him to stop. Mm-hmm. Once you got to that point, let it go, let it go. Be a human.
1: You know, so I have... hope that I hope the president keeps the ban, don't you?
6: Oh my Lord God, yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Really, just like I'll, I'll bet most NRA members agree with me. I'll bet most hunters agree with me.
6: Oh, they do. And there's there's some big hunters that like to shoot elk and stuff. I've got a friend that has an elk ranch up in Montana. Mm -hmm. Fine. Mm -hmm. That's good. Go ahead and do that. But you know what? Leave nature alone so that way it can replenish itself.
1: All right, my friend. Appreciate your call. i just saying, I can't bear watching these elephants be shot. And I can't. Bear when their calves are taken from them, either, and sold to uh, China and, and so forth and so on. And you can see how stressed out they are. It, I, it just if, if if you have a heart, and I know the vast majority of people in this audience do, you go, holy mackerel. That's just uh, above and beyond. Above and beyond. A lot of you want to talk about this. Maybe I should have uh, committed uh, more time to it. Look, I feel that that way about most big game. Hey, I'm a big game hunter. Wow, big deal. Like giraffe. Why would you want to kill a giraffe? I wouldn't want to kill a giraffe. Would you want to kill a giraffe? Don't bother anybody. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, and I salute you. The greatest audience of audiences, the smartest audience, the most compassionate audience. I am blessed. Thank you for letting me into your lives. I will see you tomorrow. Check out Levin TV tonight. I think you're going to like it. Take care of yourself.